0: welcome to the pod a series of fruitfully interesting podcasts brought to you by jupiter group
1: hello and welcome to the pod i hope you're keeping well i'm gareth wilcock jupiter's head of sales and the host of today's podcast i'm really pleased to welcome andy Nuds hunter from sharpak ailsham onto today's pod to discuss the prevented ocean plastic initiative and our recycle solution for our prepared fruit punnets. Thanks for joining us, Andy. Um, would you like to give our listeners a bit of background on your role?
0: Yeah, hi, everybody. Thanks, Gareth, for that. Um, I'm Andy Nadsunsa. I'm the UK Retail Director for Sharpak Um We have a parent group called Guillen, so I represent uh, not only the UK division, but also our wider European
1: great. opportunities. Well, it's great to have you here. Um, and I think just before we dive straight in, I think I'll just maybe give a bit of a background about Jupiter and, and the prepared fruit business that that we have here um and I guess why we're talking today you J- know Jupiter has had a prepared fruit facility in our headquarters in Newport Shropshire since since 2012 and and it's been a key part of 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 our group And we continue to go from strength to strength in the prepared fruit world by having not only private label products, which we supply into retail, but we're also developed a branded proposition, which has over time um, gone from strength to strength and Today, we are selling in mainstream retail, a partnership with Baby Bell and Fruit Snacking. So, you know, we're a diverse business that not only grow produce, but we also are involved at every stage of the journey. So, we're vertically integrated and we pack at our site into prepared produce uh, into prepared fruit rather Um so involved in many different sectors in the produce world so you know important for us to be partnered with somebody like yourselves and it's fantastic that we're talking about this initiative so I think on that point let's uh, let's dive in and I think we should start with a description of you know the prevented ocean plastic initiative and what that means um, and I guess Andy that that's over to you to give us that understanding.
0: Sure. Okay. Well, Sharpack Ocean Park Group, Gien, we're a a multi-million euro business, over 33 sites in Europe, uh, four sites in the UK. Uh, we've always had responsible packaging ethics in mind we've always looked to minimize the amount of material we use make it use re- renewable energy um, and include recycled content uh, as high a level as possible so with that in mind we've been dealing with a, a supply chain from a, an organization that came to us uh, with the Prevented Ocean plastic supply chain and the initiative yeah. we've been dealing with this company for about 10 years and because of that we had trust in the ability of them as a material supplier and in their due diligence and in their traceability to, to engage further in that. They established what the, the process was, and in terms of POP, they'd been bought, buying and sourcing um, high-quality, food-safe, food-grade, recycled content from non-European sources. And following Blue Planet a number of years ago with uh, Mr Attenborough uh, drew a lot of attention to the uh, problem of plastics in the oceans.
1: Yeah.
0: The, supply, the material supply, went back to their collection sites, which now range from anywhere in the Caribbean to Southeast Asia to South, Central South America, and looked at where the, their product was being collected. Um, and it was being collected by local communities and brought to bottle collection processing sites in those geographies. What they then did was look at academic research, because ultimately, um, you can only call it prevented ocean plastic if you can demonstrate that you are preventing it entering the ocean. So there was an academic study uh, done uh, about 2013, which showed that plastic pollution enters the ocean and it came with four main call outs from the academic study. It was a significant study in America. And there was four main call outs to identify what ocean bound plastic is and where it comes from. First one, it occurs within a 30 mile radius of either an ocean feeding river or a coastal community beach. Now, that could be anywhere in in the majority of the world. Um, and, and so when people first hear that, they say, well, that's that could be the UK. That could be anywhere. The second one is the most critical point, And that's where there's no formal waste collection in the geography. So that discounts everywhere in Europe, basically. So yeah. we couldn't call anything that leaches into our environment ocean bound plastic because we have waste collection so formal waste collection if there is none and it's all informal waste collection that's why it can happen um, thirdly if there's uh, expanding population and tourist growth and fourthly the fourth point was if there's already evidence of damage in the environment because of plastics so they aligned with those academic principles they went to their coastal communities they started establishing with those coastal communities the education that those water bottles that they had to drink from because they don't have drinkable water. Indonesia, for example, 265 million people living on 17,000 islands, no drinkable water from a tap. So those bottles were their own recycling requirement, but they didn't have a curbside recycling system like we did. So with education, don't discard it. That bottle has a value. And in an area where uh, they're living on, on subsistence living, it became an entrepreneurial exercise for them to collect those bottles return them to the right sites be paid for it and then through the correct quality processing turn it into a flake which we then bring back to the uk and put it into a sheet which we then turn into a tray for jupiter
1: perfect so it's really that closed loop isn't it in terms Ooh, absolutely. of uh, plastic recycling that's, that's really good to hear um and sort of how long have you had that relationship for
0: um, so we dealt with the uh, the supply for about, say, about ten years. Uh, they came yeah. to us with this initiative about two and a half years ago. Two um, and a half years. Fantastic. Yeah, and and we believed in it so much that we placed orders for the product before we even had orders for it ourselves. Um, we believe in actions as well as words.
1: That's really good to hear. And it's great to see it actually, you know, launch onto so many shelves in in the mm. UK. Um, you know, and it's important that that message is also getting out to customers so, so that they understand that mm. um, and they understand the uniqueness of what the solution is and what it provides. So what what do you think is that the, the key USP for it? I know you've just, just talked about how it works from yeah. end to end.
0: Yeah. Um, The USP of it, one, it gives full transparency and traceability in a recycling chain. You know, retailers, brands have all talked about recycled content and and consumers will hear about it all the time. But nobody really understood where it was coming from. Hmm. And 60 percent of the recycling actually happens globally in the informal waste collection industry. It's not formalized curbside collection. It is local communities driving themselves to clean up their environment and, and derive an income from it ultimately. So it's that informal system. Um,
1: well, that's so really that's interesting one. isn't it because yeah. you wouldn't you wouldn't think that would you you know you no. think it would be formal you know because in, yeah. in a western developed country like ourselves it's a lot of it is from formal rather than yeah. informal um, absolutely yeah
0: yeah and, and there's nothing wrong with that we do you know the, the same company provides us with product that come out of the the urban areas but that's not ocean bound plastic that's collected mm-hmm. correctly so sure and there's defiling. a the key
1: difference between the two isn't there
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then it opens, opens up the discussion about where recycling really happens. And and from a USP in terms of the people element, we talked a lot about the, the product. It's giving people an income and it's giving people livelihoods. And during pandemic, for instance, in Indonesia, the hospitality industry shut down and people that were working in kitchens or hospitality as porters or chefs had no income at all. There's not a benefit system over there that, like there is in the UK. They became bottle collectors mm. and they actually realised that not only are these people very entrepreneurial, but also in some respects they could actually get a higher income doing recycling and bottle collecting in their local communities than they could from working as a kitchen porter. So it's, it's really, one, saved people's families during a pandemic um, and two, it's given them an understanding of what their fellow countrymen have done in the background for all these years as well.
1: Fantastic. Now, it's really good to see that, isn't it? That in, in a time of where it was very challenging globally that that people have found a new way to survive. And as, and as a result of that, it's actually benefited and accelerated this process. So Absolutely. You know, it, it's got better. And if you think about the numbers, then sort of how many tons of POP are produced each year? so
0: we are if I, if so tons is a, is a nice number but it's hard for people to sometimes to visualize that yes so in 2020 alone we recycled through this system the equivalent of 840 million water bottles so it was the it was the largest recycling effort in, in ocean bound plastic of any organization a lot of major brands talk about it but not but we're not a major brand you know we're not not one of those guys but we're very proud of what we've done um that equates still huge numbers right they're still oh absolutely absolutely it's tens of thousands of tons tens of thousands of tons um and and yeah and we're very proud of what we've done we've supported global recycling chains in in a pandemic when
1: you know a lot of a lot of businesses were 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 suffering and I guess the the future is that number is going to increase year on year right
0: yeah, yeah, well that was 2020. I've done a quick update for 2021 as well and we're just shy of a billion bottles now already.
1: So That's a nice number that, isn't it? A yes. billion bottles. Yeah. Wow, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah, it's good. Fantastic. You just you briefly touched on there about retailing and, and brands within retailers. So, you know, with you not being a brand it's obviously important that the message is still out there and that retailers mm-hmm. can can share that message. So you know, wh- why is it important that, that retailers do that for, for an, an initiative like POP?
0: Well, I so suppose the one thing is um, it gives, so the Prevented Ocean Plastic Scheme comes with its its own brand logo. So it has a POP mm-hmm. logo, you've yeah. seen it and, and I know you put it on your packs. We do. Um, and that's one way for a brand, a retailer and a consumer to engage and understand that this product has recycled content. It has a minimum of 30% for it to be called prevented ocean plastic, it has to have at least 30% of it in the product. And in a lot of cases we're we're higher than that. We're also including other recycled content as well. So it's not, you know, we're supporting UK and EU recycling too. But it gives the ability of the brand and the retail and the consumer to understand that this product contains a recycled content. And then if they want to understand the chain further, there's all the resources via QR codes and links to websites that if they want to learn more about how this is a, a people-based initiative and not just a material-based initiative yeah. they can start telling a story about plastic
1: not just being a material but being being a benefit. So you have a, a, a multimedia platform to give people as much information as as what they want really <laughs> and to connect with it as far up the supply chain as they want as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the ocean Plastic team have, have put together a very, even though there are materials supply, first and foremost, they've put together a very sophisticated social media presence now. So the, the Prevention Plastic scheme is available on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter. And they don't just talk about their product. It's not about product promotion. It's about recycling in general, what good yeah. looks like um, and getting the, the reality
1: out to people. Yeah, that's great. And, and really important, isn't it, to get that message out there, to increase people's awareness and ultimately so consumers can make an informed choice at the shelf edge yeah. as to one product that does and one product that doesn't. And, you know, it also moves the industry forward as well. So, mm. you know, it's not just about one product company one initiative it's about as a general as a total industry from a recycling perspective of, of acting in a sustainable way so i, yeah. I see all of that as you know, one for the cause you know
0: absolutely absolutely It it's an, you know, it's there's a lot of demands on the recycling industry now to put more and more recycled content into products Uh, and to capture more of that lost material and bring it back to to, to packaging and this is just a very worthwhile and honourable endeavour to ensure that there's additional recycled content coming in which has a a very good social and ethical side to it as well
1: yeah great no i agree well, if you think about, I touched at the beginning on, on what we do in terms of our prepared fruit range. So, you know, we're supplying our, our two biggest lines into retail using you know, POP, mm-hmm. um, which is great. And we we launched that initiative as soon as we could. Um, And then, you know, we're looking at how do we then expand that out to our other portfolio. So making sure that it isn't just something that we supply to one, it's something that we do as a business as well. It's just how we operate, you know, our packaging solutions. I've got this included within them. So we've got that rollout plan also where we're looking to do that um, with our other customers as well great and then also how do we do that with our branded partnerships and again just using each other's asset leveraging the message between each other to make sure mm-hmm. that we can get it out there to customers so you know it's something that's very much at the center of our csr strategy and we we see that not only in prepared and plastics, this is sort of the start of it. It's like, how do we do that across everything that we do? Mm. How do we do that mm. in all packaging types that we do? So it's been a great catalyst for us as a business to, to to really question ourselves, to operate in a more environmentally friendly way. Great, it's good to hear. Yeah, and then, so I guess POP is only a part of it. Um, so what what's, what's on the horizon and, and what's next?
0: So for for POP um They've just recently announced a significant amount of funding into the Indonesian archipelago for expansion of more collection sites, more collectors, more uh, aggregation sites, and more processing sites. So that's been from a a major sustainable innovation fund, uh, just announced about a month ago. So that'll be uh, increasing, putting recycling facilities into islands that have never had recycling capability ever before. So there's a huge amount of product out there that can be recovered. Um, Then in terms of, our work with with the POP supply chain we continue to talk to the brands and retailers about further opportunities for its inclusion and then in terms of our business we're looking at more and more ways that we can run in a circular economy friendly practice so embracing renewable energies into our factories minimizing the raw materials we do use making most of them uh, and making sure that everything we make has recycled content and can be ultimately recycled.
1: Yeah, fantastic. And I think, you know, that is the only way really to guarantee future sustainability, isn't it? By working on those initiatives and and so that in future generations, that's just the norm. That's just how we operate. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. It's, it's key really. Okay. Well, look, I think we've covered everything that we were gonna talk about today, Andy. So um, Thank you, know, you I'm I'm pleased that you've been able to join us and and it's been great to hear from you firsthand your experience. Um, and what you're doing and how that you're at the forefront of um of working with with initiatives like like pop so thank you for that thank you and for our listeners thanks so much for listening to today's podcast on our prevented ocean plastic punnets and if you like what you've heard from the pod today remember that you can hit subscribe whenever you listen to your favorite podcasts and if you take a moment or two to give us five stars in the review we would be most grateful